0: This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan.
1: I am RJ Baylog,
0: and we're just two guys who have another. Oh my goodness, it's been a Look, while. My mouth. Also... You took
1: a week off and you just forgot how to talk. Fucking <laughs> like an animal.
0: We're just two guys who have another choice now, but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection, one spine number at a time, in order to release. This week, we're hunting our fellow man in our jungle domain as we watch spine number forty-six in the Criterion Collection. Ernest showed and Irving Pitchells, the most dangerous game from 1932. But first, RJ, long
1: time no see. Long time no see. You know what, Jer? I Mm -hmm. was thinking about this, and, uh, you know, last week we didn't do an episode, right? Yeah. And uh, we didn't go to lunch either. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know, if I never saw him again, that'd be all right, I guess. (laughs) Uh, You know, like, this feeling of, like, Remember like after we did the first one and that dread set in with you where you were like, "Oh man, do I have to do this every week <laughs> forever now?" Mm-hmm. Last week when we actually skipped a week, I was like, "Hey, maybe it doesn't matter if I ever do it again. Would anybody <laughs> notice?" I don't know. Uh, yeah, there people l- don't e- email into the show anymore, so Yeah, it's true. So I don't know, man. Yeah, they just leave uh hateful reviews hateful reviews yeah exactly well we'll get to that speaking of hateful reviews uh as you usually ask me what's up uh the other day i was on the road coming back from okotoks and i saw a trucker taking a shit (laughs) on the side of the road so that's pretty fun that's pretty much all that's new with me so i just thought i should tell you all right it was was in between the trailer and the like the action like the truck and uh (laughs) We were driving by, and like, if you—it was just a split second in the crack, but you could see he had one <laughs> arm on each, and he was just kind of like full, full squatting, and he was like, Arr! and there was a, there was actually another guy there too on the outside, so um, <laughs> he was like three feet away, but I'm not really sure what he was doing. This is very perceptive, considering you were driving. You just like, I wasn't over. driving. Oh, you weren't. Absolutely. Oh, then you really no. okay. Yeah, I was in the passenger seat. Uh, uh, we we're coming home from a farm sale, and uh, I was like, I scoped it out with my eagle eyes. Because, uh, as you know, I have the visual acuity of a bird of prey. Mm-hmm. So uh scoped it out, and it was pretty rad. And I thought, I was like, I can't wait to tell Jared. And that's <laughs> almost been like 10 days. So wow. Luck- <laughs> You're lucky I remembered. That's good. I'm, I'm so yeah. glad. I knew. I mm-hmm. knew you would. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, so as far as uh, these these skip weeks, I think that's the end of them on my side anyway. I don't know what you've got in store. Um, but... Yeah. Hey, uh, end of the semester is like done. It Bill, it's happened. The semester is <laughs> over. There's just a little bit of wrap up going on. But yeah, after the end of April, I am uh, joining you uh, in on the, uh, I don't know, the food lines, getting our rations. Uh,
1: well, you, you still have a job though, so that's a little
0: I, I will Eventually, yeah. Um,
1: eventually. Well, In between that time, what are you going to have, like a week? Uh, probably like yeah, yeah, probably like that. Like two weeks? Yeah. So you're fine. You At least you know you got a job to go to. This is true. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Instead of watching truckers take shits on the side of the highway, like <laughs> what I'm doing with my time. Uh, so classic, classic Alberta.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So my uh, week of being in Edmonton, uh, mm-hmm. helping oh, with
2: How them. was that? Oh, it was good. It
0: was. Quick, it always is. Like you get somewhere, and you just a matter of days later, and you're like, oh, that's that. Got to head back now. Um, right. Living out of hotel room is not so much fun, I guess. After you're used to like staying at home all the time, hanging out with your cat, cooking your meals mm-hmm. and stuff, you have to rely on complete strangers to prepare all your meals. Mm-hmm. That gets old real fast. Um But did manage to eat some. Decent food, and uh, one of my good friends, uh, Mike, he uh, went for lunch with me every single day because he works right downtown, which was Aww. much appreciated. Um, and I uh, got to go to a movie at a neat little old theater uh, mm-hmm. called the Garneau or the Metro, uh, mm-hmm. which was uh, it. And uh, I don't know, I got to, I don't know, uh, Chanel was just doing her art install stuff, and uh, that went right. off with, without a hitch. And uh, art opening happened. It was a art opening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're the same wherever you go. It turns out. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I had to really say about that week. It was just, uh, it just went in a blur. I didn't even when Wednesday came last time. I was just like, oh, I, I'm not recording. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on.
1: Yeah, like it never even happened. Like eh? it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we we could just stop this right we're, now, we're, and no one would ever know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We'd still be trapped in the cage of life, though. Oh, well, for now. Yeah.
1: You tell me when and I'll, I'll, I'll usher us out of this world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, RJ, uh,
1: while I've been gone, uh, yes. I, I've noticed you've been watching some movies. I did. Uh, without my one movie that I had to watch last week, I was able to watch a whole bunch of movies. Yeah. See see what ha- good things happen when I don't have to talk to you. Mm hmm. No, uh, actually, with the Easter weekend, uh, I had some free time and uh, got some movie watching uh, distant from my TV watching, which has actually been taking most of my time up. So, mm. yeah, I watched some movies. I didn't get to any biblical epics like I had wanted to for the mm, Easter holiday. Right. But I felt like since you took a week off, our show was pretty much the worst anyway. So it doesn't matter if we have a perfect record of coincidentally timed perfect movies. mm so maybe I'll watch uh, Exodus next week, and tell you all about Ridley Scott's new adventures. Oh, that movie! <laughs> no, I was gonna watch Passion, but uh, I brought it up three times to Andrea, and she just she each time she didn't really even say anything. She was just like, um, "It's coming what? up.
0: It's coming up yeah. in the creep."
1: Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I did watch some movies. You want to hear about them? Wait, or you no? said
0: you say Passion. <laughs> The also, passion. No, I thought you meant the
1: not temptation. Last, the last, temptation. No, no. Actually, maybe I'll, I'll watch it then. I'll double down on my. Uh, there you go. My torture movies.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you can watch when you watch uh, Hamlet. You can watch that Mel Gibson Hamlet. Yes. Mm. There's
1: there's a Mel Gibson movie for every criterion. I wish. <laughs> well, if you keep rewatching them, eventually they kind of destroy you, anyways. Right. And then everything's the same.
0: Okay. So what have you been watching?
1: All right. So you want to know what I watched this week? Baby. Instead of a criter, instead of watching that Criterion last week, I watched the classic, The Beautiful 1989 movie by David DeKotu, mm Mhm. Do you know him? Nope. I don't know. It doesn't matter. This movie Jer, was called Doctor Alien. Of course. Yeah, that's f- fucking right. Have you ever heard of this movie? Uh nope.
0: Not, not Long, until I, I was not familiar with it till you uh you know, logged it, I guess.
1: So I when I got that Android box, I went to one of the movie things and I just typed in alien in the search because I wanted to see what would come up. And Dr. Alien was like at the top of the list. Huh. and I was like, holy fuck. I was like, that sounds like my kind of movie. And you know what, Jar? It was my kind of movie. Oh. That movie was pretty cool. Uh, it's not good, but it, it was it was fun to watch. I had a good time. Um, so it's softcore porn. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not even kidding. Like that's not a joke. It is. It's softcore porn, mm-hmm. and uh, it centers about a around teenager Wesley Littlejohn, uh, and he is or not a teenager actually. So he's in college, but he's basically in high school. It's kind. Of, I think they got it confused what he was supposed to be in. So college Wesley Littlejohn, and he's kind of a dork. Doesn't really know how to talk to the ladies. Doesn't really know how to talk to other people, and then uh, they get a substitute teacher. Dr. Zenobia sounds Italian, I know. Uh, So Dr. Zenobia, who is a uh, bombshell blonde, Judy Landers is her name? Yes, Judy Landers. Uh, And so these doctors, or it's a blonde lady, and she's got a little sidekick, and uh, after the class, they ask the nerdy kid to stay, and they inject his butt with this huge green uh, needle syringe, and then he turns into a super stud, and this happens with a fleshy dangly noodle comes out of his head Mm -hmm. and uh it makes him irresistible to the opposite sex wow you you got it right baby uh so the rest of the movie is him uh with women throwing themselves at him and him being unable to stop all of the uh dirty 80s women and their (laughs) dirty 80s boobs uh yeah so uh that was a movie uh I thought it was really fun it's uh it's not the best crafted movie, <laughs> as you may or may not have been able to de- guess. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really inconsistent. Like after they inject him, he's like a super stud. But then it's almost like he forgets that he is. And then like he doesn't remember that he's injected with this stuff. And then he's really awkward around girls still. and, and But then in the next scene, he's not. And you're like, that's kind of weird. And then at the end, he's all of a sudden in a rock and roll band. And it's never explained why. There's like no setup to it. It's just like, uh, like the whole movie plays out, and then a rock and roll band comes to the dinner. He's like, "This is my band," and it's like, "What? Where did this come from?" And then he goes and plays a punk show, and show. Uh, his band is called Sex Mutants, and there's an all female band with uh, uh Leanna Quigley, that lady from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the all female band was called Tang Poons, <laughs> the Tang Poons. And I thought that was real funny because that's my kind of humor. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it turns out the aliens, like uh, the males are all like um, impotent and like they can't get uh, boners. So they, they come to Earth to test out their Viagra on people because it's illegal to test it out on uh, their own kind. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that was Dr. Alien. Yeah. And it was pretty fun. As I said, I liked it. But uh, I mean... I think I'm probably one of the only people in the world who probably would like it. So I could see you kind of enjoying it if you watched it with like friends. But if you watched it on your own, you probably wouldn't like it. OK. Yeah. So that's Dr. Alien. Hmm. And you know, you know what the best way to wash down Dr. Alien is? Um, with some Adam Sandler. Yeah. You guessed it, baby. I you sure did. I watched uh, 2014's The Cobbler, oh my God. a movie that when I first heard about it, I thought it sounded pretty good. And then you know what, Jarrett? It got really bad ratings. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of weird. So do you know who directed this fucking Yes, movie? I do. Is that what the, like, the, co- like the ta- ta- commotion ta- uh, is?
0: Yeah, so The Cobbler was directed by uh, Todd McCarthy, who's, uh, did he win the Academy oh. Award? Did he Tom? Did, Tom, did he win well,
1: the Academy Award? He didn't win director for no, Spotlight. Okay. Well, well Spotlight
0: so won. yeah, he's a so the he's the director of Spotlight. When uh, earlier on had directed this movie, The Cobbler, with Adam Sandler, and previously he also directed a couple of indie darling movies, um, Station Agent and The Visitor. Um, so he's like a fair. He's a fairly well regarded uh, indie filmmaker, and then he suddenly was sh- making this piece of shit. Adam Sandler movie. And, uh, yeah, apparently, like, I don't know. Uh, I've only heard really bad things about this movie. Like lots Mm -hmm. of like zero star, half star, like people just hold this thing in total contempt of how bad it is. Um, so when I saw you log this, I was like, what the fuck are you doing?
1: (laughs) Um, okay. Yeah. So, so, my history with this movie is when I heard it coming out, I had saw the director attached. And so, he did, like you said, Station Agent. And he did another movie called Win-Win with Paul right. Giamatti about, yeah. like, high school wrestlers. And uh, I actually really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. And I heard the idea for this movie. And, like, or actually the synopsis before this movie was made was a lot vaguer and didn't, like, reveal the magic and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, man, that movie sounds good. And then, you know... Me and Andrew were sitting around, and uh, she was like, what's this movie? Because it was just added to Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, The Cobbler. I was like, yeah, let's watch that. Um, It's not that bad. Like, it's not a zero star or a half a star even. It's like a two star if you were feeling generous, I could see some people giving this a three, even mm. the ending is real fucking dirty. Like, <laughs> okay. like throw your TV in a river dirty, like dirty eighties boobs, dirty, or <laughs> no, I, I meant that like in a, uh, like Tr- in a trucker taking a shit on the highway. Dirty. No. Yeah. Like dirty eighties boobs. I meant as like a, uh, you know, that's a term of endearment. Ah, I like that. This is a kind that's of not, different, that's di- not a bad, thing. different kind yeah, of that's dirty. Th- D-U-R-R-T-Y. Nerd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I'll just really quick. The cobbler is Adam Sandler, and he's a cobbler and fixes people's shoes. And then he has a magic, like, stitching machine. And when he uses it on people's (laughs) shoes, when he puts those shoes on, he becomes those people. And so he, he goes around, like, Brooklyn or New York, wherever he is, as those people. Right. Um, It's fine. Like, it's not a good movie, but it's definitely not like it's not like Dreamcatcher bad. <laughs> I won't. Well, to some people it is, I guess. but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it's that bad. Like okay. the ending is really bizarre. Uh, fucking Dustin Hoffman and uh, Steve Buscemi are in this thing. And they're all OK. What? Uh, Method Man is in here for a while hmm. and uh, they play him to type. He is a gangster. Uh, For some reason Adam Sandler's got a really shitty plan those like method man does him wrong so Adam Sandler uses his disguises to like steal from him but he like He goes in like he can go in disguised as method man, which would be like the perfect thing It's like because if he saw him he would be like well He looks just like me. It'd be the perfect plan But instead he goes in as like other people like a little kid and then a transgendered guy and it's just like <laughs> oh, what do you Oh no. Like, because it, it's just like it's like all you're going to do is like make method and it's like you just you just did a lot of bad stuff brother. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't even have anything else to say about it. I didn't think it was that bad, but I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Wow. Oh, that's that sounds bad enough I guess. <laughs> it's like it's like a 2 star. OK, <laughs> it's it's not a one or a zero star like uh, what a lot of people would probably say it is. So, OK, but, you know, I found that I disagree with a lot of other people, too, on the third and final <laughs> movie I watched this week. And you know what that fucking movie was? Mm. Uh, last year's uh, surprise release by indie darling Richard <laughs> uh Everybody Wants Some, the so-called quote unquote spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused Mm -hmm. Um, so this movie everybody loves it's got five stars it's got four and a half everybody's like this is the shit you know what Jared that movie is shit (laughs) different way Um, yeah so I didn't really like this it's Mm -hmm. it's actually not that bad the first hour is um, tough to watch I thought like, I was watching with Andrea, and she just quit an hour in. She's like, this movie sucks. And I was like, yeah, I feel ya. And then uh, I powered through the rest of it later. So, uh, with the second hour, so, what, it's okay. fine. What's this
0: movie about? Because I don't know. I've never seen uh, it.
1: It is, like, do you remember in Days Confused how baseball was, like, a big thing? Mm, not really.
0: It's like <clears throat> I remember uh, well,
1: okay. Ben Affleck
0: traveling around with a baseball bat, I guess, or a paddle. Well, he had a paddle. Yeah.
1: But... Uh, so like the kids the younger versions in Dazed and Confused they all play baseball okay. so this is just kind of like what if those kids grew up and they were playing baseball in college Oh, that's the only like because everyone says this is like connected to that movie if only through spiritual sequel and that that's my best way of trying to piece that uh. together but so regardless it takes place in the 70s yeah. and it's uh, a frat with uh, guys who play on a college baseball team Oh so like you're introduced to the main character he's a freshman and he's moving into this frat house because like all the players stay together and then through that you're introduced to the rest of the team and you have uh all sorts of any kind of asshole you could imagine on like jock and douchey guy and stuff like that so like it's like he chose to go through that perspective or like there perspective which is fine but like none of the characters are likable at all i think that's kind of the like i guess that's the point like -hmm. they're kind of jockey guys but even like the main character he comes off like a real fucking tool and then like halfway through he's like they're like trying to play him off as like not a total jock like he writes a girl a letter and is like being sweet to her and it's like where did that come from it's like there's like no grounds for that at all like he seems like an asshole Hmm. Um, anyway, so it's all these baseball guys and it's kind of just them hanging out drinking. Uh, they play baseball for like five, 10 minutes. That doesn't really matter. Like, I don't think you would have expected them to actually play that in a Linklater movie anyways. But, um, so it's them hanging out in the dorm drinking and then going to parties uh i am amazed that this is a richard richard linklater movie because i feel like there's nothing here at all that like speaks to that Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people will disagree with me because it'll be like oh it's all this situational dialogue with like people like real people just talking about real stuff but it doesn't feel like that like it doesn't i don't think it looks like the 70s like they all have the Mm -hmm. haircuts and they all have the shirts but it looks like someone went out and bought all this stuff like new. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like it, it doesn't seem genuine to me at all. Like it's it's put together mm-hmm. is what I should say. So like I I honestly think the reason they made this movie was because of after all that boyhood stuff. Linklater was like let's go film something fun for like three months where we can all hang out and drink beer. Like, like what Adam Sandler does now with his buddies. Yeah. On Netflix's dime. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like that's all he does is like go film movies for three, four months where he can like hang out with his friends and drink. I think that's what this movie was.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, like there, there's some good stuff, like there's some good moments, but on the whole, it's just like, uh, the first hour is super boring. None of the characters are likable. And I was just like, uh, it's like, I I'd rather be doing anything else. I actually, you know, what's a better use of your time. Hmm. Just watch dazed and confused again. Yeah. Cause that movie rules.
0: It's all, yeah. Like yeah, Richard Linklater is a weird cat because he's very hit and miss. Like yeah. his either his movies like really are like I don't know they land or they're like uh, I don't know. Like I mean, I love me that before trilogy. I think those movies are great. Mm-hmm. Um, Days and Confuse is weird because I remember the first time I watched that, like ah, I thought that movie. Like I, I came to it later than like mm-hmm. everyone else seemed to have. Like so, I watched it maybe like. Know eight years ago, and I thought, Oh, this movie's so good. I like what a great, great movie! What not at all what I thought it was going to be. And then I rewatched yeah. it like a year or so ago, and I was kind of like, Oh, this movie's like good, it's fine, but it's not like uh, it's, I don't know, it had just lost something, and I don't know if it's just like getting older mm-hmm. <laughs> and like things just shifted a lot for me, but. I don't know. And then, like, so, yeah, this being kind of a spiritual sequel to uh, Everybody Wants, uh, or to, I'd use Days that and Confused, loosely. Sure, sure. But, yeah, that kind of idea is like, no, yeah, I don't know if I want to go back to that. Well, and Boyhood's
1: a movie, I feel kind of uh, mm-hmm. conflicted on, too. Well, I'll put it like this. Uh, I loved Dazed and Confused. I used to watch that with my brother when I was a little kid all mm-hmm. the time. So I thought that was like, that's what I thought high school would be like. So that's what I made high school like for myself. Mm-hmm. So I love that movie, and I still love it a lot. And I think if anyone would have liked this Everybody Wants Some movie, it could have been me because I was a jockey party dude. So, like, I think I fit into this this boys club, but I didn't really like watching these guys at all because I just didn't care. I was like, I don't care about any of these fucking guys right. at all. Um, so I my point, I guess, is I think – if this movie was gonna work on someone, I think it w- should have worked on me, mm. but it didn't. I also don't believe the uh, physique of any of the guys there. Uh, I know baseball players. My cousin played baseball in the states like five years ago, yeah. uh, and I do not think the guys in the '70s would have had that cut of, of muscular, oh yeah, uh, like just mm. m- muscle tone. Whoa. Like in like, there's really yeah. beefy dudes. There's one guy who's got like a like a belly and like real scraggly arms. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's my baseball player. <laughs> that's That's, just... that's the, like, yeah. that's
0: the actors, right? I mean, they have to, yeah. this is like a short little job and they have to like, that's just, yeah. they're always, they always look like that. Like that's how they walk around. Yeah. They're on their uh, crazy, like workout regimens, eating their mm-hmm. uh, poached chicken breast. And uh, yeah, that's their day. And that's their day job. It's like, it's all about having like the same body. Cause like everyone else does that. And you might not get a job because you don't have the right
1: build. It's like you pro wrestling be. kind of <laughs> exactly yeah like they they have like two or three guys that are like paunchy and weird mm. that it's to like throw it off but all those dudes are like real cut and mm. i'm just like man i don't know if you could get like that like 40 years ago seems seems tough
0: yeah the the science of uh i don't know taking care of your body's changed so much
1: rj well, uh well, when you see these guys and all they do all day is drink beer and like eat fucking like hot dogs they find on the ground. Mm-hmm. I have I have a hard time believing that they keep that, that those gains up. That's yes, right. <laughs> yeah. So that was my uh creepin for the week. I also watched one more, mm-hmm. but uh, I believe you watched that as well. Oh, we both did and we haven't talked well, about it at all yet. Not at all. So I'll let you uh take the reins. Oh, actually, full disclosure, i didn't finish that movie i have 10 minutes left oh. i watched it last night of the void oh. <laughs> the, okay I wa- uh, okay so i'll let you cover it and then and then you can pick it up so i just i didn't see the very last 10 minutes <laughs> okay okay um have you ever seen the movie the beyond uh you, you have okay. it's okay full cheese
0: full cheese yes. beyond okay it's oh the, yeah okay it's the end of that <laughs> Uh, Like, it's, like, identical. Um, So The Void is uh, a movie that came out, I guess, just, like, sometime last year. But it just seems to, like, have hit big, like, on the The video-on-demand circuit uh, in the last couple weeks. I had seen people, like, watching it lately. And Mm -hmm. uh, so my only real knowledge about this movie uh, was, like, they did a Kickstarter so they could help uh, pay for some practical effects. Right. And um, let's see here. It's from like two of the guys from the Astron 6 group out of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. So their whole thing uh, this whole time has been the – like kind of making these genre pastiche like movies and like doing it like on a very low budget and just trying to capture that energy of those sort of movies that like a bunch of like 30 – Uh, 30-something-year-old dudes all watch these movies on video, and now they want to make movies, and they make movies that kind of like resemble that stuff, but they kind of miss a lot of the connective tissue. I've really never really... I've never liked any of the Astron 6 stuff that I've watched. Uh, Father's Day is, like, pretty unwatchable, I think. Uh, and these are all movies that, like, totally should be aimed at me. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm the target audience for this, but I just, it never works. Um, and right. then there was Manborg, which I turned off after about 5, 10 minutes, because it looked, just looked terrible. It
1: sounds uh, bad.
0: Yeah, and then they, they, they just had this movie come out that seems like a lot of people liked more. It was um, The Editor, which was like a, <clears throat> it's like a Giallo movie. It's like, again, all Mm. all their stuff is pastiche. Anyway, so The Void void showed up online as this movie coming out, and it's like very like Lovecraft, John Carpenter, uh, and actually the the, the graphic design stuff for this movie is like really nice. Actually, Mm -hmm. I like a lot of the posters, the Yeah, like I said, the graphics have been really cool. It sounded like Mm -hmm. it was good, good word of mouth. But again, I'm like, oh, those Astron 6 guys are involved. I'm not fans of them. Mm -hmm. So finally, I decided, like, actually, they were playing this in the theater I was at to see another movie that I'll talk about. But it was only on the Friday, which is the day we were driving back, so I didn't get to see it then. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, this past weekend when I had some time before going back to work, uh, I decided oh, I'm going to get this out of the way. And I asked if you were going to as well, <laughs> and you did. Mm-hmm. So I did. <clears throat> The Void is... I don't know. I don't even know what the plot of this really is. It is a movie uh, about uh, a bunch of people who are kind of trapped in a hospital because it is surrounded mm-hmm. by cultists. And there is some sort of eldritch horror stuff going on in the hospital. Um, right. And that's basically it. Um, so, pretty well, everything I've just said about the mo- this movie and the Astron Six stuff. Uh, continues here. Uh, this movie seems like it should be made totally for me and, like, I should love this movie uh, right. just, from fr- just from a subject matter point of view. But, right. man, I just cannot see past how kind of badly made this movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, like, oh, man... I don't know. Some people had problems with the performances and acting. Again, like, I don't know. I, I'm pretty lenient sometimes on the, in the acting department, I suppose. Uh, right. The, the acting in this movie didn't bother me. I think it was more like the characters were nothing to write home about. They were very stock. Uh, mm-hmm. I kept thinking about Planet Terror, Uh, the Robert rodriguez ass yeah, part of- Because yeah, uh, yeah. it's set in the hospital, which is fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. And, like, that movie is also kind of, like, mm, not the best-looking movie. But this movie, like, I don't know- like the cinematography and compositions are like really uninspired. Like there's this stuff where it's like, Mm -hmm. this should be like a home run. Cause like they have this like great looking cultist design, like where it's just like a guy in a white cloak with a black triangle on his head and they just stand there. And that's like, that sounds awesome. Like I imagine this drawn and it would look great, but the way they like photograph this, it just doesn't look anything special at all. Um, And then, like, all the scenes in the hospital are used with this stupid yellow filter everywhere. Everything looks Mm -hmm. like it was, like, shot through a jar of piss. Um, And I was just like, this, I don't know. I'm not into this at all. Um so and then I don't know. I, the other thing too is like I heard like a lot about the practical effects in this movie. That's like mm-hmm. kinda be like that's like the big saving grace. Like everyone's like, yeah, the practical effects, it's so cool seeing practical effects. Now, mm-hmm. I get that like in 2016, 2017, it's very rare to see that like this level of practical effects. However, in twenty seventeen, you can also go back and watch any movie from any era ever <laughs> and watch yeah. nothing but practical effects. Like I can watch seventies, eighties movies and like they have top of the line, great looking special effects that they don't just cut around and edit around because they don't want to show off, like, they had, like, a budget and they were cutting a lot of corners. Yeah. Um, So I felt a lot of the time watching this movie uh, that I was being cheated out of seeing something all all the Uh. time. And um, I don't know. I, I just, like, was really aware of the fact of the editing was, like, chopping around stuff or was, like, trying to be, like, keep things in a mysterious light which I don't know. It didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's just like so many things about this movie that are like, it's so derivative of movies that I like a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, like the beyond and just like John Carpenter movies, like the thing or Prince of darkness, mouth of madness. Mm -hmm. Like they're all, these movies are just being totally lifted from, which is great. But, um, the, 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 at no point is this movie ever as well made as anything John Carpenter makes. It seems like it's more like just like little nods to like, hey, remember that like thing walking around on four legs with an upside down head from yeah. like in, from that one second in the mouth of madness? And it's really good in the mouth of madness, but here it's just like, uh, I don't know. Like, I get it, like it's, I see yeah. it, but it's like in this dark red room of horrors and it's like uh, nothing here looks as good as it should like it seems like they're covering mm-hmm. up for stuff so i don't know i i was super disappointed with the void um mm-hmm. i didn't like it
1: so rj with 10 minutes remaining <laughs> of, of with the <laughs> void what did you think of it well jared there's a reason i uh with only like 10 15 minutes left i was like yeah Uh, i i pretty much thought the exact same as you like uh i think some of the stuff looks pretty cool like some of the practical effects but uh no i had the same pretty well this just to piggyback on your opinions like Mm -hmm. i thought the same stuff it's like i know what they're doing they're taking from a lot of these other movies and they're like they're trying to kind of piece it together but it's like they lose something in doing that when you're trying to put together like five or six influential things and just kind of mash them all together. Before I watched this, I heard it described as the kitchen sink of horror movies where they're just like, throw everything into the kitchen sink. And I was like, I guess, (laughs) but, uh, no, yeah, like actors are a little dry, but whatever. That's what you get when you watch like horror movies sometimes. And, there's some plot holes, and it's like, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, I did think, like, it's like, yeah, some of the monster stuff was cool, but um, I like don't no, know. There's, there's, like, no, there's like there's no not direction. not much of it either. Like, no, not really. It's like, as you said, that room of horrors is, like, where they, they like, try to throw a lot at you. But even yeah. that's only, like, I don't know, under a minute. And it's uh, it's all dark and kind of, like, uh, oh, uh, it, the camera's all over the place. So. Yeah. It's it's a little tough to see.
0: Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, I think that it's... I don't know if you... Did you ever watch that movie Splinter? Do you remember that movie at all? The... Uh, it, it, it Probably not. Like, it's like a... It was an indie little horror movie that came out, like, probably, like, 10 years ago. And it's... Uh, it was one of those movies, like, the first time I watched it, like, in 2000, maybe 6. It looked, or 2008, maybe. It was, like, it looked, like, I was, like, oh, this is really cool. It's, like, intense. It's had, like, a real great little tension to it. Um, mm-hmm. But then re-watching it, I realized how much of it was, like, the camera work hiding, the fact that they didn't have much of a monster. Right. Um, and, it, and it just, like, fell apart real fast. But now, I don't know, maybe, like, watching a whole bunch of movies. I, maybe it's because I haven't watched a lot of horror movies that I, I kind of... I'm not used to the stuff and my standards have maybe risen a bit because I haven't watched as much Mm -hmm. stuff, but coming into this, I don't know. It just seemed super underwhelming. And, uh, I don't know. It seemed like some people are really enthusiastic about it, which is cool. And I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel kind of shitty dumping on like a indie movie that has like far fewer, like, uh, I don't know, things going for it in the, budget department where like they don't Mm -hmm. have the money to make it but I don't know if they'd be able to make a better movie based on just like their actual skills is like hey how do you compose this to look good how do you make this a memorable shot it doesn't seem like they have a really good eye for that and they're just kind of like making a movie because like all right point the camera there this is this scene
1: but they didn't put a lot of care into like other than like obvious stuff. I think there was a there was a few times that they had some pretty nice shots, but it's kind of mm-hmm. like what you said. It's mm-hmm. it's not like original stuff. Right. Like it's it's nothing that they came up with on their own. So it's from like, something else. Yeah. Like I think they like you kind of said, they they did a pretty decent job with like the money they had. But if they had more money, it wouldn't like improve. The holes in the plot that they had. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like, it wouldn't improve improve on that stuff, so. Well,
0: because, like, the cult really doesn't come into it very much at all. They
1: serve almost zero purpose.
0: Yeah, other than, yeah, it's kind of like, well, I mean, again, it's like the obvious thing is Prince of Darkness. And it's like with the hobos and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, with that, I mean, like, one of the most iconic scenes in that movie is just, like, the uh, Alice Cooper man. Po- collapsing mm-hmm. into a pile of maggots and it's like this movie doesn't really do anything remotely close to that it's just like hey there's these guys standing around isn't that creepy and it's like well, you gotta do something and it, it, it doesn't escalate i don't know it's well a... see
1: that's that's what i mean like there was no real there's no real purpose to them because it's like oh we they they're keeping them in the hospital but it's like why don't they just go in there's literally nothing stopping them they have like 30 people right they could eat and like later in the movie you discover there's people in the hospital that are in on it too so it's like there there's absolutely there's actually nothing stopping them from going in there and later on they do so it's like why why was there any hesitation at all yeah so i don't know a little weird no it's it's fine i can see why people really like it but uh i don't know like maybe if you and me watched it like uh, two weeks into that halloween run we would have liked it a little bit more maybe or, or maybe we would have hated it so I'm always going to be harder probably on
0: modern movies though too <laughs> like yeah. new things is like ah they could do this better that's better We because they filmmakers should know better and like know what what not to do but it seems like modern trappings there's like so many easy things to fall into Um this movie just feel, right. feels like it's just like yeah it's like again it's hard in the right place there's a lot of things that I all the ideas of it I love like, but man it's just not the movie it could be which is which is yeah. the, the biggest bummer of them all, because I guess like, um, I hold a lot of these ideas and stuff uh, close to my heart, and this movie just just didn't live up to those ideas.
1: Yeah, kind of like how you don't really live up to a lot of my expectations, right? Yeah. Speaking of so,
0: expectations, so um, throwing back to the movie I did see in theater uh, or at the Metro, uh, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat. It's just this like small little, like, kind of like revival theater almost. They play like small indie movies. That I think they're like, doing like a David Lynch like night series of nights of just screening movies of his. They're not like 35 millimeter prints. I think that a lot of it is just probably like Blu rays and stuff. But you watch watching mm-hmm. in an old theater, which is neat with an audience. Um, so I watched the a uh, hit German film, Tony Erdmann. Are you familiar hmm. with this film?
1: Oh, I know the name. Yeah. Was it, that at the Oscars? That it, movie?
0: Yeah. I think it probably got nominated for like
1: a best foreign film. Yeah, nominated.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if it won. It might have
1: won, but I it, know the name, but yeah. no, I have not seen well, that. Well, more. I
0: think it just came out on Blu-ray this like last week, actually, like the day we went to it. I think it just had come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but my friend Mike wanted to go see it. We had both heard like nothing but rave reviews. How mm-hmm. uh, it, this movie is two hours and forty minutes, and it's a comedy and mm-hmm. a German comedy. <laughs> So, and, uh, mm. I was like, okay, this sounds cool. Like I, cause I've seen a lot of people like just drop, yeah. drop those four and a half star, five stars on Oof. this thing. So I was like, okay, this sounds potential. I read the description. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like it could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will definitely say this movie is two hours and 40 minutes. Oof. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, uh, if you, if this movie were American and had had like American actors in it that we knew, like say, uh, I think like Al Pacino is like the role of the father. Uh, yeah. And I don't know, some actress, Emma Watson, Emma Stone as his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, critics would just be like, this movie is a fucking interminable piece of shit. Like this movie's like laughable and like no one would give a crap about it. But because it's world cinema, <laughs> uh, it seems like, oh, it's so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the director. I know she's a female director. Uh, she's directed a couple other things that people also seem to be really high on. I haven't seen those. Uh, watching this movie, it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know. Uh, I might, might have been misled by this hype going into it, and I had like, maybe expectations of what this was going to be, but... I don't know, like I've heard it described as like nonstop laughs for like its entire runtime and it's like not like Mm. that whatsoever. Um, there's a couple, but there was a guy in the theater when there was funny scenes. He wanted to let everyone know that he thought this was the funniest thing he's ever seen in his entire life, and he was sitting <sighs> right behind
1: us in this like fairly empty theater. Um, it, oh, did man. did he ever lean forward and like have his face right by your face I, it and was like just of, let out a burp? Like, did, bleh. <laughs>
0: did you ever see um, Martin Scorsese's Cape Fear? Uh, yes, I have seen. Well, Martin's Martin's you know, season, season, you forget. know, those those bits of Robert De Niro sitting in the theater, smoking the cigar, mm-hmm. and just <laughs> like ah, yeah. um, like that, yeah. Oh, he was just laughing. La- oh, he enjoyed himself so much, um, yeah. which was like nice, I guess. Uh, so this movie is about mm-hmm. a da- about a dad uh, who's like kind of I don't know. He's got a dog. The dog dies of old age. He's Ooh. kind of like a he's kind of a bozo. He like I don't know. He, he doesn't take anything seriously. That's sort of his gimmick. He just, like, will, one day he'll dress up in makeup. When a delivery man comes to his door, he'll pretend that he has a twin brother uh, that sends, like, oh. bombs to him and stuff like that. It's all hilarious, R.J. Um, yes. He's zany, and then, but he's got this daughter. She's real uptight, and she's got, like, a real professional job, and she's supposedly doing really well. But it seems like her, like, life is just nothing but stress and, like, mm-hmm. just... Uh, not a a great line of work to be in, which is like basically being a consultant for foreign governments and for corporations about downsizing and like not having any regard for the little people. And so this is a movie about a dad getting his daughter woke (laughs) in some ways. Woke. Yeah, so he like... Because he's like, I don't know, Damn. traditional, like kind of like European uh, leftist kind of guy. And his daughter's kind of been swallowed up by the capitalist machine. And so he's like, mm-hmm. oh, my little daughter, she's all swept up. So I got to break her through. And uh, that's like essentially the story. It doesn't play as like obvious as that. But at the end of the day, it's kind of what it is. And there's just, I don't know. So there's like, mm-hmm. this movie's two hours and 40 minutes. And you could easily drop uh, like 40 of those minutes very easily I think because there's a scenes of like her like in meetings and like it, it gives you a sense of like mm. the the world of consulting I guess but, oh, fun. Just, but, but yeah exactly lots of fun and I don't know so the Tony Erdman thing that is the persona that her father takes up to uh, basically integrate himself with her like colleagues so he's like mm-hmm. another guy so they don't realize that, that he is her father but she knows and she's kind of like rolls her eyes and goes along with this guy who's like wearing this stupid wig and just like a complete buffoon that says he's like a, like a life consultant for like corporations mm-hmm. I don't know man um, Sounds like a laugh riot. Oh yeah! It, it apparently, well, <laughs> I don't know. You read reviews and people are like, "Man, I couldn't believe it. this. Like, my audience, I saw this with, they just like wouldn't stop laughing. Uh, what an achievement! Mm. This like, I keep your eye on this director. Everything she does is amazing. And like, it wasn't like again. It's not a bad movie, but. Right. I don't know. I, I would never watch it again. I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't say, hey, RJ, you really need to check out Tony Erdman." Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just don't what, get it. I, I would, what I never, I would, endorsement. I, I would never think about this movie ever again, honestly. Other yeah. than like uh, Mike and I, not to, not to speak for Mike maybe, but like he was kind of like, yeah, I think he liked it a little bit more. He's a little bit more forgiving about it than me, but we were just mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, that movie was really long. <laughs> and uh, that's about all you can say about it. I don't know. I'm not sure how it's gonna play, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's an American remake. People will like shit on it, even though it'll probably it could even be better because it might it might be shorter. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's a movie. Movies, <sighs> RJ.
1: Would you rather watch that or The Cobbler, starring Adam Sandler?
0: Ooh, pass. Hard pass
1: on all those. <laughs> I'd rather watch. Every, pass. I would
0: watch Everybody Wants Some Instead.
1: Okay, yeah, that's fine
0: at this point because I've I've seen one and I haven't seen the other. I yeah. guess uh, that one
1: at least has some moments that of like a
0: little bit of joy for y- the viewer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, uh, so I don't know. We're going long on this. Hey, I watched okay. a, I watched a really good movie. Uh, What's that? Uh, called? Busting from nineteen seventy four. I think. Ghostbusters? Uh, yep, yeah, busting. Uh directed yeah. by Peter Hyam. Uh this movie. Oh, am. Yeah, this movie stars Robert Blake, uh, acquitted mm-hmm. murderer. Ooh. <laughs> but, uh, acqui- yeah, he's like, acquitted of murdering people, but that guy's and, so but, creepy. But civilly found guilty. And Ooh. Elliot Gould, the the Ubermensch of the 70s cinema. Uh he's, yeah. he's super um, Fox. Yeah, he's 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 the best. And uh mm-hmm. this movie is just like kind of a uh it's a buddy cop movie before the buddy cop formula really got kind of streamlined in the 80s like kind of lethal weapon era like huh. that sort of thing. So this movie's so it kind of started them out. all. It uh, no, probably not. But I mean like, there was like buddy cop movies. There's like um uh, Freebie and the Bean, which is awesome. Uh and <laughs> I think probably a little bit better than busting, but this movie was like very entertaining. I I think I'm on record like I love 70s cinema. I I love the yes. look of those movies. I love the feel of those movies. Like they're just very homey to me. Uh they're like hang dog uh kind of like they're willing to tell like a story in an unconventional way. There's scenes mm-hmm. that like no, you don't really need that scene in it, but it adds a character to the movie. Uh, it seems like actors are given a lot more freedom to just like do whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Elliot Gould is like, so like good at playing those types of roles, like with Long Goodbye, um, a Little Murders, a couple other, oh God, yeah, he's he's a, he's he's a Robert Altman kind of guy. Oh yeah, he was on Friends, wasn't he? He's, he's yeah, their, he he's was, their dad. He's a uh, he, Rachel. He was good. And,
1: yes. Elliot Gould. Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12. All the, all the good ones. <laughs> hmm Uh, The Big Hit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've seen that movie. Yeah. That movie's fun. Uh,
0: it's not too bad it's got a masturbation yeah. joke in it yeah it sure yeah. does Yep, and Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> ooh so Bamba uh, I don't know busting it's like I don't know not a lot of people talk about this movie but uh, yeah it's just about two cops who are trying to like go after a particular like drug dealer Italian gangster guy mm-hmm. and I don't know there's like some playful back and forth stuff um, there's some good character actors I don't know very entertaining. Good chases. Actually, the big thing I will mention is Peter Hyams directed this. It was his first feature film. He directed mm-hmm. stuff like the like sequel to 2001, uh, a bunch of other, like, he's a journeyman kind of guy. Uh, but this movie's got some real fancy camera work in it. Like, it, there's, like, some, like, there's this really awesome, like, whole sequence of, like, a like a running gun battle through a apartment building that goes through a, mm-hmm. like like one of those um, nighttime grocery areas, whatever those, like uh, what are those called? They have a specific name anyway, but it's like the camera's moving yeah. back and forth and the characters are running toward the cameras, like just in a way that you never really see. Like if, that, mm-hmm. if this exact type of thing was done now, people would be like losing their shit. Like you have to see this amazing action scene in it. But Peter Heim did this in 1974 and nobody talks about it. Um So that's like Mm. a real highlight is that whole sequence and like some of the, and a lot of the camera work in this movie, like you you feel like he wanted to shoot this movie like in all continuous takes the whole time. Right. But he doesn't, which is cool. But yeah, busting was good. uh And on the flip side, I watched a great piece of shitima called Double Down by one directed by starring written by one Neil Breen.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of stuff about this Neil Breen. Yeah, uh, he
0: was all, like, I saw his face pop up a bunch several months ago on Letterboxd. And I think, like, his one movie, Fateful Findings, showed up on Netflix in the States. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? And, like, all these people were watching it all of a sudden. Um, so right. it's kind of, like, in the same department as something like The Room. Where mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of hipster types are watching these movies to like Uh-oh. say, hey, look at these bad pieces of shit movies. These movies are so incompetent. And then yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of one of those dudes um, that watches mm-hmm. movies like this. So uh, I started with Double Down, which is from 2005. So Neil Breen is like a Las Vegas based architect who I guess fancies right. himself a movie maker. And uh, he's deci- he decided to make a movie starring himself. Mm-hmm being this like the ultimate super spy who, <laughs> I don't know. What can we describe this? It's almost like, it's like a Nicolas cage movie, like something that you would definitely see. Nicolas cage would have been in at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie is like not resembling anything well-made whatsoever. Um, uh, he is like, yeah, he's the ultimate badass super spy. And he's just a spindly 50 something year old man who has no charisma, no acting, no talent. And he's just telling you the story in voiceover narration as he like stumbles around, wandering around in the desert um, mm-hmm. past like fake bones, of like human bones that he's placed in shots that like he then like offhandedly says, amongst like all his other like accolades, like creating satellites and like curing things and donating money to grid. Uh, charities killing white collar criminals, dumping them th- and dumping their bodies in the desert. That's just one of the things he does. Uh, and mm-hmm. then like, but he, and he, he's like a freelance hitman assassin who takes jobs from foreign governments and the governments and everybody which way. But if anyone ever targets him, he has like like, biological weapons set up in, like, all these major cities mm-hmm. that will just, like, like go if uh, something happens to him. But this didn't, like, stop his wife being murdered in a pool. And apparently that wasn't Aww. enough for him to take things out on the world. And that's, like, that's all done in flashbacks. But it's just, mm-hmm. like, this movie about a guy wandering around in the desert and having, like, um, delusions and, like, because he's really depressed. And he's, like, but he's supposed to be, like, yeah. setting up a ter- uh, a false flag terrorist attack in Las Vegas. And, uh, yeah, and it's successful, and uh, I don't know. It's, like, no way of, like, Mm. laying out how terrible the movie is. Like, there's, like, the first, like, 20 minutes, like, I was laughing pretty hard at, like, just, like, it does, like, all the things you hope a bad movie does. Right, but then it, the movie's ninety-two minutes long, and there's so much like stock footage of like just things that he didn't obviously film himself. Like here's a shuttle, here's a satellite floating, and here's like a bunch of like guys at a actual like navy base or like whatever military base working away at machines. And like the stock of the footage completely changes to grainy sixteen millimeter mm-hmm. film from his like kind of poorly shot thirty-five millimeter movie. Man, I don't know. Double down. It's an experience. These Neil Breen movies. I, I think I, I,
1: I, don't know. So did did you say? Sorry if you did. Did you say like who this Neil Breen guy is?
0: Yeah, he, So he's this like Las Vegas based architect turned filmmaker, and he's and okay. yeah.
1: So he he's just like making movies cuz he, he he he's a fun dude. He,
0: he needs to make movies cuz he's okay. he's that good. He needs to have his voice out there. He's got, I got the, you. he's got the power. He's got the he's I don't know, he's just bored I guess and he wanted to make movies cuz he fancies himself like the mm. next type of star. And like I mean he's wearing clothes that are like, you know, sleeveless black tank tops and like his nice. jeans that like and he's like a scrawny dude. He does not lift. He he does not have that great physique. He's just a guy. Mm Um, he awful. So I can't believe I was about to forget this. Um, but his like thing is like, he lives out of a car and he's got like probably about five or six laptops that he's always working on. Like he's multitasking on five or six laptops that he's got set up all over himself. And he's got like some like old, like TV satellite that he pops out of the trunk that he's like
1: working away and doing (laughs) research on. So, sorry to interrupt. Are you talking about in real life or in the movie? In, in the movie. Um, okay. Okay.
0: Okay. So the, all these laptops are clearly off. Like he's just tapping mm-hmm. away, but and it's like <laughs> lots of like there's a lot of scenes of him doing this. But uh, the thing that I would I can't believe I was going to forget was uh, he likes to eat canned tuna. Ooh. And so the one of the first scenes you see is him like driving, and he's like eating his can of tuna as he's driving but he's like really bad at getting food into his own mouth and so like he's just like dumping <laughs> yeah. it all over his clothes and it's just like, fall, like the whole can's contents are like falling all over him because it's supposed to be funny I guess but it's yeah. like it's an absurd amount of food that would possibly fall out of you but it's yeah. not just there we keep seeing cans of tuna of, like empty cans of tuna like kind of continuously building up over the course of this shoot and then there's oh, a scene where man. he's like he pulls over on the side of a highway and he's dumping mm-hmm. out like it has to be like 50 or 60 cans of fucking canned tuna. They're like all emptied out. And I just imagine the smell. Cause they're out in the yeah. goddamn desert, like the goddamn Nevada desert. And just mm-hmm. like, and just like what he would smell like wearing the same clothes on these, these days of shooting. And this like tuna right. stink. And oh, this well, that w- sounds
1: like such a fun little thing to have in oh, there. Oh, It's it's the highlight. Like, yeah. I mean,
0: what, that's all you need. Um, especially if you're well, a fan I- of the canned tuna.
1: I am. My cats <laughs> are. Yeah. I think that is really cool I like this tuna stuff mm-hmm. So so is this double down Like is that the top of the Top of the line for him Pro, well, Is that what people I, say I think that Fateful
0: Findings is probably mm, Maybe maybe he's evolved Because it's like seven years later
1: Okay so yeah. I was going to say if that's the top of the line like, How soon are you going to be Dipping back in this brain dip
0: oh, I don't know I'll have to ask Scott Thrown that one by uh, Corey and Lawrence <laughs> Uh Okay. I'm not sure Archie. how they I'm not sure how they uh felt about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so those are my movies. Uh RJ, got
1: any yo. news for us? Nope. No. I don't. There was uh okay. not a lot happened. There was a bunch of casting news last week, but I mean, nah. does anybody care? No. <laughs> yeah. So uh if you, if you care, email in and I'll I'll uh I'll email back to you the casting news from last week.
0: Okay. Uh yeah. you you watched that Thor trailer? I did. I did. Hey, you know what? That I thought that was actually a really good trailer. It made yeah. me want to go see the movie. What an awful idea!
1: Well, we've talked before. I like that Taiki Waititi, mm-hmm. our yeah. our friend down on or no, not down under. He's not Australian. Well, our he's friend right next down our... on the other other end of the globe, he would uh, <laughs> he he can vouch for me, Oliver. <laughs> Oliver, yeah, he knows. I like no, I like that director, man. He's good. So um, yeah, this movie. It looks better than any of the other stuff they make.
0: Yeah. No, like like the colors, it looks really nice. Like the Asgard looks like a Jack Kirby comic come mm-hmm. to life uh they yep. hella looks exactly like she does in the comic it's like neat yeah. and i don't know good trailer uh so that was a great success for trailer making because usually they underwhelm but hey uh my other news i would mention is that criterion's july 2017 releases were announced last week and or actually week? monday and there's like some real good stuff coming out um okay. first and foremost andre tarkovsky stalker it, uh, mm-hmm. it's been, uh, announced as coming up finally. I guess there's like a Blu-ray that exists like, uh, Reg- region, B or something like that, that looks like crap. So hopefully Criterion will improve on that. Uh, we got Albert Brooks's lost in America. I know you're a big Albert Brooks fan, RJ. Oh, and, you know,
1: I like Albert Brooks. His baby. work
0: as, uh, Sc- uh, was it Scorpio, Hank Scorpio? Hank Scorpio? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's yes. good stuff.
0: Uh, so okay. yeah, Lost in America, I mean, uh, I would recommend people who don't know about Albert Brooks's movie career, check those movies out, because they actually are pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a copy of his movie, Modern Romance, sitting on my to-watch pile that I need to get around to. Uh, and yeah, Lost in America is very good. It's got like, I don't know, he's like, uh, I don't even know how you describe his stuff. He builds scenes really well. Like, he like his movies are built long scenes that just like, I don't know, it's his character, his persona, interacting with other people, I don't know, excellent stuff. I'm glad to see that this is coming out from Criterion. It's got the really great movie poster too. Uh, People want Mm -hmm. to look at that. Uh, Robert Bresson has a new representation in the Criterion movies, this film called L'Argent, which I I have a copy of, an old DVD. Um, It's just a movie about money and greed and how it corrupts people. Uh, It's Bresson, so it's stripped down to the bone. Um, It's kind of like a mid-80s movie. It's probably like his visually unprettiest movie that I've seen anyway. But uh, that's cool And uh, Roberto Rossellini's War Trilogy That I almost bought on DVD The last sale Is coming out on Blu-ray So I'm going to check that out Because I haven't seen any of those movies Um, And they're supposed to be really good Do you have any big feelings Strong feelings about Roberto Rossellini,
1: RJ? Oh, I have the strongest feelings About Roberto Rossellini Mm -hmm. But you're just going to have to wait That's right Yeah, build up that anticipation, baby. Yeah Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's our news. Hey, RJ, do we want to uh, read our uh, one-star review from iTunes? I think we need to. I think we need to get this out into the world, into a more of a mass audience. Uh,
0: Well, it's fitting that we're like 50 minutes into uh, our episode (laughs) so far. Whatever. And uh, haven't talked about our Criterion movie because that's one of the criticisms lobbed at us from... Awesomeness0232, who gave us our one-star review that RJ mentioned Mm -hmm. last week. And I was like, what are you talking about? I don't see any one-star reviews. And then I found Mm -hmm. it, and there it was. Um, He titled his review, Two Guys Who Don't Know (laughs) About Movies Don't Talk About Criterion. I started Mm -hmm. listening to this podcast with the episode on the 400 Blows. There are lots of Criterion Collection podcasts out there, but I'm always willing to try a new one. First of all, it's always a bad sign for me when the podcasters take too long to get to their topic. These guys spend 54 minutes, that's right, almost an hour of the show talking about what they watched that week and film news. I skipped most of it, so I can't tell you if it's any good. But if you're going to spend less than half of the podcast talking about the subject matter, just do a movie news podcast.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Second of all, these guys know nothing about the Criterion Collection one host in particular certainly hadn't seen this film before watching it for the podcast. If you haven't seen a (laughs) film as fundamental as the 400 blows, you have a lot of film education left to get, uh, before starting a criterion collection podcast. Then Mm. he goes on about how mediocre it is and chooses to make fart jokes about it rather than do 10 (laughs) minutes of research to understand the film's context. Serious. I can't express enough how little research they did. The, In brackets, slightly more well informed (laughs) hosts seemed to have done some, but he constantly mispronounced names of characters, actors, and the Cahir du Cinema, which the other hosts had never even heard of. I don't want to sound like a snob, but you have to be educated in the subject matter before you do your podcast. I'm pretty sure just about everyone with a cursory interest in classic cinema is familiar with the Cahir du Cinema, as it is one of the most significant publications in film history. This is a poor podcast for which the hosts were ill-prepared, and it, is kind, of, and it kind of seemed like they were simply using the criterion context to capitalize on the brand name to get people <laughs> to listen to their What We Watch This Week segment.
1: Is that it? That's it. Out fucking standing. Yeah. I have a few things to say, Jerk. Yeah, you a rebuttal. A, re- a retort. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just had to throw that in there. But I mean, if you're not going to make fart jokes at 400 blows, what are you really doing? Yeah. You're just, you're, what are you, an asshole? Um, <laughs> so first off, I think he's a little unfair to you. Because you actually do some research. If he had listened to, say, the Beauty and the Beast episode, maybe, mm. he would have got all of what he was looking for. A uh, detailed uh, disc- look back at the film's history. But he didn't. Uh, second, I didn't know I needed to have a university education about, on how to do podcasts and film studies to do a podcast podcast. Uh, I did not know that I needed to have seen all of these movies several times before I am fully uh, educated enough to talk about them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think it's a shame that he doesn't like that we mispronounce stuff because (laughs) that is like, (laughs) what? How is that a fucking like comment or criticism at all? Like sometimes people can't say other languages real good. Hmm. Anytime you have to lead off with, I don't want to sound like a snob. You sound like, but you're, he's a snob. This guy's like a pretentious asshole. So by the way, I looked this guy up. He's an infamous redditor (laughs) on the Criterion uh, pages, and he goes on there and he just like likes to leave just mass text posts about like his opinions on like packaging and like new releases and like what he'll do too is like so i saw when decalogue came out a couple months ago he took a picture of his decalogue box and he posted it on the criterion uh, page he posted it on the criterion collection page he posted it on the movies page he posted it on the home release page he posted the same fucking picture of a box that anyone can just look up on Criterion's page, on like five different subreddits. So this guy is really fucking starving for input from other people, and you know that's fine. That's fine if he's look he's out there looking for a friend. Power to you, brother. He but you're no an friends. asshole. But he, he's he has no friends because he comes at people. He's like, oh, this guy's never heard of the the Marque du Dussault Cinema. Oh, <laughs> like who cares? Like I thought. I honestly think the point of me being here. Is because, you know, I haven't seen a lot of these movies mm-hmm. and I feel like my reaction or my take, like my response is a genuine first viewing. It's like, this is how I really feel about it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, his other comments, like he made far jokes instead of taking 10 minutes to look into the context. Is that the mark of a good movie that you have to mm. do fucking research on to understand its importance? Yeah. That's like I I, like I and I'm not totally discrediting that. Like Mm -hmm. I understand there are there's like historically rich movies that like when you do know some context, it makes you appreciate it more. But I feel like if you have to look into it to actually enjoy the movie, then I don't think I don't know, man. And it also like so when we watched 400 Blows, I was like, it's fine. I just didn't like it that much. Mm -hmm. This guy repping so hard for this shit just makes me hate it so much. I, I'm never going to watch that movie <laughs> again because of this fucking tool. Good job, awesomeness0232. <laughs> two, two. Good good job. Yeah. So, I don't, I've been talking for a while. Do you have anything to say about this fucking guy? Well... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I said, uh,
0: you know, you're doing something right when someone hates your thing. I don't know. Like all the things he mentions is like, those are kind of the unique characteristics and like strengths of our podcast. I think, um, I don't know. There's like, I mean, there's certain people that like, I don't know when I tell people, Oh, how long, you do a podcast. Oh, how, how long are your episodes? Which is always like a, Oh, that's weird. I never think about, <laughs> I never asked that question. And then when I say, well, we usually talk, you know, for like, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. They go, what? that's crazy. Like they things, it's think like nuts. And I'm like, well, that's like, I don't know. I'm like, I listen to podcasts that go anywhere from like an hour and a half to like some seven hours. So the idea of like doing like a two hour movie podcast to me, that's like satisfying and, it's, and it's free. It's our time that we're putting into something that we enjoy. And if you like, don't like the people you're hanging out with, you just kind of like, go, Oh, that's not for me. And you move mm-hmm. along, let alone stopping to write a, like, I don't know, 150 word, uh, review and one star review for something that didn't cost you anything. Uh, mm-hmm. they also admit that you didn't even listen to, listen which, to. which is funny. Cause like the, I had it like, I was like, what did we talk about on the 400 blows? And I'm like, Oh, we went to go see, I think it was don't breathe. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about don't breathe as well. Cause we, we had just seen it like that day. And, yeah. um, and uh, I was like, okay, yeah. So we talked about that, but he didn't. I don't. He didn't listen to it. And I actually, I very nicely in our uh, notes for the episode said that if you skip ahead to 54 minutes in, you can start listening to the the actual talk about 400 blows. So it's very Mm -hmm. nice. I don't do that anymore because I don't really care that much, but I don't know. People are wacky. And yeah, like uh, I also uh, looked him up because I was like, that's a pretty specific username. What does this guy get up to? And -hmm. it's like, he's on Reddit and he's like on political stuff. He hates Donald Trump and he has to let everybody know he's Mm -hmm. so unique that he doesn't like Donald Trump. What a novel idea. And like, then just what a, what a, boring person (laughs) I'm glad you don't listen to our show I hope you don't still or hey the other thing that occurred to me is like maybe it's someone I know and they wrote this (laughs) wonderful review (laughs) it's It's probably Chanel maybe yeah I don't know definitely yeah but yeah no this this is uh it it made my day and made me shake my head and go oh podcasting
1: Yeah, that was a that was a good way to start my day whenever that was. That was the first thing I saw that day was like, I woke up, I just made coffee and you're like, hey, check this out. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, I uh, you know what? If people don't like fart jokes, they can go to their film studies classes where fucking dudes are talking about like lens density and like (laughs) the fucking like, you know, like shit like that. Like if that's what you want, go to film school right it's like oh well the lighting is like a fraction off the richter scale and the lenses are 14.16 centimeters it's like we just go to film school if that's the kind of dry ass shit you want like Um, you want a real guy talking about real fucking movies man you come here because that's the way we're gonna put it down yeah, if
0: you if you, yeah, I could, hey, I think we're like in our first goddamn episode, we said, "Hey, if you, if you want to hear words
1: mispronounced, you've come to the right podcast." You so. you did say that actually. So, if this guy hadn't jumped around willy-nilly, mm-hmm. he would have he would have been braced for the, these jarring Fucking mispronunciations. People so. do people take their four hundred
0: blows pretty seriously though. That's like uh other than like a handful of episodes, it's one of the most listened to episodes. So I think a lot of people jump in there to sample it and perhaps they find out, Oh, this these guys aren't into this movie. Pass and it's like that's fine.
1: <laughs> Whatever. I'm I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that I, I just said that movie was just okay.
0: Mm, you're I'm, I'm laying it out there. Worse than Hitler.
1: Good. I'm in flavor country, baby. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: But anyways, that raises, raises a good point. I mean, we usually leave leave it to the end. I don't know if people still listen, but <laughs> if you do like this show, you could maybe give us a review or mm-hmm. m- email in, because this is all we got now. So that's why last week I was like, man, if we just stopped, would anybody even care? <laughs> awesomeness would like raise his arms in triumph. Yeah. He's like, I did it.
0: We can't I let. Broke all- him. We can't let awesomeness win.
1: <laughs> I broke him. Yeah, so if anyone is listening, not so awesomeness,
0: let us know. Mm-hmm. Woo! All right, yeah. well, <laughs> hey, RJ, I guess it's time to start that review because we're capitalizing on the Criterion collection. <laughs> well, I am, I, but oh, I'm shameless. Oh my God. That, that's the other thing, too. It's like, folks. We all know if you're listening to this, we all we all like the Criterion Collection. But I can tell you, I've like been paying attention to these things. And there's people who like the Criterion Collection, and they like it. They know what it is. But let's it's it's admit it here. Like, there's not a lot of like the the number of people who like own like a lot of Criterion's, and then also you know go out of their way to like watch the movie and listen to like a podcast that's as long mm-hmm. n- now longer than the movie. It's, it's a pretty small. It's a niche group. Yeah.
1: Well. Whatever, man. It's a
0: special group. And wouldn't want to have it any other way. Exactly. That's right. So, with that all being said, we're going to mm-hmm. we've mounted the head of awesomeness 0232 <laughs> on our wall, and now we're going to talk about the most dangerous game from 1932, directed by Ernest Shloshlack and Irving Pritchlawschlag, and Cahier Cinema after the break.
2: Evil, no wanna see.
0: And we're back. Ooh. We're talking about Ernest Schochak and Irville, Irving Pichel's...
1: Irving Redenbacher.
0: The most dangerous game from 1932. Yes. Uh, first, I'm just going to mention that uh, the Criterion of this has amongst the worst DVD covers Criterion has ever produced. So mm. you should definitely check that out because it, it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so this is a movie. It's based on a short story called "The House of Z- the House of Zaroff" by Richard Connell, which was written in 1924. Uh, and uh, this movie is an adaptation. Uh, imagine that. Uh, this is the movie about a man named Bob Rainsford uh, who uh, is on a yacht with a bunch of rich guys talking about mm-hmm. uh, hunting, hunting things, killing things. Mm-hmm. And they're, I think, off to do some more hunting. But their yacht hits some rocks. Um, Bob washes up on shore. And on this island that he finds himself on, he finds a fortress mansion owned by a Russian Cossack fella by the name of Count Zaroff. Um, there are two other people who are also shipwrecked at the same time as him. Eve Trowbridge, played by Fay Wray, and her brother Martin, played by Robert Armstrong. Um... There's many teases and illusions made about hunting people. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. And it is all very clever, I suppose, for 1932. Uh, There's talk of other people that were a part of the Trowbridge party who have gone missing. Um, There's a guy named Ivan. (laughs) He has a great Mm -hmm. smile. And um, then there's a night where they're all drinking and hanging out, playing piano. Um the brother Martin, he disappears. And then Eve and Bob go to find him in this mansion. And they come across the trophy room, which <gasps> has people's heads mounted on the walls. Mm. And it turns out that all these comments about the most dangerous game and hunting someone so intelligent that's a challenge for all Count Zaroff is about hunting humans. And Count Zaroff uh, has these lights set up out on the ocean to have people crash into some rocks so that they wind up shipwrecked on his island so that he can then hunt them. Nice. Very simple. Uh, mm-hmm. So the game is afoot. And so uh, Zara, uh is hunting Bob and Eve, who is saddled with them. And there's much running around on an island. Uh, and they have to basically just stay alive through the night Uh, And then if they do that, Mm -hmm. if they are able to escape Zaroff's uh, cunning hunting skills, they will be let free from the island, we assume. And hijinks ensues. There's dogs, um, Mm -hmm. facial hair, (laughs) Uh, and, I don't know, poor starving dogs, too.
1: This is right.
0: Yeah. So this is another RKO joint in our Criterion Creep. Um uh, mm-hmm. we've seen that before with our, on our laser discs actually. Cause we saw that there in the, the King Kong and the Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So same director too. He did Kong, he Son of co- Kong he... and Mighty Joe Young. Yes.
0: So yeah. Uh, yeah. Old Ernest Shodshack sack he mm-hmm. he's quite a journeyman he was he bounced around a lot um i'm not so yep. sure about that uh irving pitchell guy though he was like an actor more so so he yeah. kind of like this was his first director's credit and he made a bunch of other stuff that i'm not too familiar with um and then yeah he's he mostly was an actor i guess but mm-hmm. i mean i'd say you could probably shoe this one up to the old Ernest. um this movie was made using a lot of sets that they were using for king kong I think that's, like, probably the biggest tidbit about this movie, production-wise. And, like, having just watched King Kong, like, a few weeks ago, I didn't really, like, go, oh, hey, that's totally from King Kong. Uh, So they do a pretty good job of, like, redressing stuff and shooting it differently so it doesn't look so obvious. Um, But, yeah, so the movie kicks off with a bunch of rich white dudes on a hunting cruise, and they get waylaid by another rich white dude. (laughs) That would be kind of how, uh, I don't know... Social justice warriors might typify this movie, saying that they can't mm-hmm. relate. Um, I watched this movie a year ago, and I did not remember any of the opening stuff at all in this movie. I was mm-hmm. like, "Wait, like what? Wait, this movie's like got the one guy in it. How do we go from like having six guys all sitting around talking to him on the island? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. then the boat crashes, and then." Oh, and saying things like, that's something I'll never have to decide in response to someone mm-hmm. saying, like, what if you were on the other end? <laughs> and saying, <laughs> yeah. and, and some other comment from uh, old Joe McRae, uh nothing can ever change that. And then collision. <laughs> and my next comment Such there irony. is, is shark. As, shark. As as like, there's this a shark, some stock-footed shark, and guys go, mm-hmm. ah, he got me. And then they just disappear <laughs> under the water.
1: Ah, he got me. Uh. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. It, uh, so wait, the first time you had ever watched this was last year? Yeah. I, I just have, I
0: was on my uh, pre code movie Kick, and this is one of huh. the big movies that always is talked about. Uh, and it's also kind of in the kind of horror genre, arguably. Shit, man. Um, so yeah, I'd never seen this. I, I knew this. I mean, I knew the story. It's like pretty well, mm-hmm. like it's mentioned a lot, but I'd never watched it. So I just watched it a year ago. Um, overall, I mean, I think the movie's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't overstate its welcome. Um, mm-hmm. It looks good, uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's, like, not one of my, like, favorite movies. It's just, like, uh, kind of there. there. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this movie, RJ, before well, I continue this was re- on with my notes? <laughs> this was a rewatch for me also. Yeah, I noticed
1: that. So when did you watch this thing? High there. school, baby. Watch Hmm. this motherfucker and I think it was probably the right after we finished or before or after we finished Lord of the Flies, we uh, read this book and then watched this movie. Hmm. So um, I counted it as a rewatch, even though that was like 10 years ago. That's fine. Whatever. I I actually remembered it pretty good. Like um, kind of the same as you. I didn't remember the intro stuff, but what what I really remembered was like them in the smoking lounge, basically like hanging out, which isn't even really that long of a scene, but no. that was how I remembered the movie. Yeah. Was that that uh that little slice there. But yeah, this was a rewatch for me. Mm-hmm. Um I'm pretty pretty much on the level with you. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh it's cool. I really appreciate the message that they tried to get out there to uh all those sport hunters and stuff like that. Uh, especially in like the thirties where uh the one line I thought was funny was uh the guy who later becomes the hunter he he's talking about hunting like panthers or whatever and he's like what makes you think that uh it's i actually wrote down what makes you think it isn't just as much sport for the animal Mm. uh to which i went huh well if they didn't want to be there they wouldn't be there (laughs) they wouldn't be there if they didn't want to get harassed they wouldn't dress like that jared Mm -hmm. that's just simple math those animals are asking for it they're asking for it, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate the message of this movie. And I guess at that time they they needed things like this to shake up the man where it's just like, look at you now. You are the monster. <laughs> Stuff like that. The tables um, have turned. Turned. Yeah. Yes. But at the same time, I fully endorse human hunting. I think we round up all of uh, the people that need to be hunted, let them out there, and we'll get them. We'll eat them, too. Like, we won't waste it. Mm-hmm. Native American style. We'll yeah. eat those, those puppies. Nanuka of the North style. Nanuka of the North style. Yeah. No, um, No. yeah, I like this. There's. I didn't think there was anything, like, that stood out in a way that I was like, whoa. Like, or like, wow. Whoa. I guess it's, I think it's just, like, at the time, this idea and, like, the way they present it must have been, like, a shocking thing where it's like, oh, my God. It's like, what a twist. Um, but actually, there was like the only thing that really stuck out to me was when the boat crashes. There's a scene in like the boiler room, oh, and there yeah. was like a lady whose like face is melting from the steam. And I was just like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Where did that come from?" Like, it doesn't like show it melting like Raiders of the Lost Ark style, but right. like a steam thing like bursts on her head, or it could have been a man. I think, I I think
0: it was a dude. I'm, I don't think it was. Okay, I think yeah. it's a real sausage party that yacht.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, a steam like pipe bursts, and then like a guy's like holding his face, yeah. and it's like running. And I was like, "Ooh, shit, that's pretty rad." Well, so uh, yeah, I
0: did like that. part. Yeah, my feeling initially there was like, "Oh, of course, all the poor people who work down in the steamboat, they're all dead because all the rich people are on top." But no, all the, everyone's dead except for old Bob.
1: Yeah, of course. You yeah. um, what else? Uh, I think that using dogs, like hunting dogs, is a cheat. And I don't think that this man is a, a gentleman in any way.
0: No, he's also kind of a
1: dick. It's kind of a dick. So, yeah, I think uh, if you have to use dogs, uh, you're not really hunting to the challenge that you mm-hmm. want. Although I did think, and I also thought, I was like, it's not much sport hunting drunk guys. Although he tries to clear that up <laughs> later. He's like, oh, no, he was well and sober. And he's like, I give all my men 12 hours to get ahead of the curve. And here's a knife. And then I'm going to come at you with a bow and arrow. But he was really like weekly prepared anyways like he came out and in his like quiver there was like four arrows yeah so it's like what are you even doing dude <laughs> dude count. um Count. uh the other things i liked uh i like when he's like hosting the guests and he gives them darts like s- cigarettes and they are so big they're <laughs> like three feet long 30 style. not a- 30 style i i was like yeah that's the biggest smoke i ever seen <laughs> and i like Uh, So I thought that was really cool. Uh, They have a line in this movie, which I think is, I think I've come to terms with it. I have two things, two lines of dialogue that are my most hated in ever, ever. (laughs) Uh, The first, which wasn't in this movie, was I didn't sign up for this, which I think is a total bullshit thing because it's always people in like SWAT teams and like armies and they're like, I didn't sign up for this. It's like, yes, you did. Shut up. I hate that. And then in this movie, it's like, you killed a man in cold blood. I fucking hate. That is like my most (laughs) hated fucking (laughs) phrase. I hate it. It's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. Stop saying that. And then sometimes, this actually happened once in like a shitty TV show I saw. It was like, I didn't sign up for this to kill a man in cold blood. It's just like, oh, God. Like, think, think of something for yourself. Like, and it's like, this is 1932 that they're fucking saying this. Like, that's oh, yeah. how old this is. Oh, yeah. Stop saying that. <laughs> I hate it. Um, so dumb.
0: So, like, one of my favorite things is when watching a movie um, where a huh? character says the title of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, that's always, like, I, I always assume, especially nowadays, that, like, when that happens, there's, mm-hmm. like, there's somebody in the theater that goes, oh,
1: <laughs> Oh shit. Oh, it weekend. is a girls' night out.
0: So there's like a moment like so basically Joel McRae gets to play that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like he gets to play like the dumb f- like film audience member who gets to say things like there's something that's something I'll never have to decide and <laughs> nothing can never change that. And then he gets to go later on and say, So that's your most dangerous game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh classic.
1: Classic.
0: Um yeah uh for my notes here continuing on from shark was uh the beautiful smile of Ivan. Mm-hmm. uh Ivan's a cool dude I like seeing him this giant silent man who just grimaces yes, around yes. um they never really mentioned specifically the imagery of like kind of like the wild man with the arrow through his torso, right? because there's like not this, really he's on the knocker when the, going mm-hmm. into it and he's also on that big mural on the stairs. Dead giveaway. Yeah, see clearly. But then hey, we see Fay Wray and oh shit, Carl Denham returns. That's
1: right. That's right. Uh, I was happy
0: to see him. Too. How how did you like Carl Denham's uh uh turn
1: here as uh Martin the the drunk? almost as sleazy as Carl Denham himself. Yeah. If I ever met that guy in real life, I'd give him a punch in the groin. Robert Armstrong. Well, yeah. I, I I'm
0: pretty sure by
1: now he is dead, but uh I'd still do it. Yeah, I
0: still punch. Show his- me, show me the grave. Yeah, punch that tombstone. Uh. Um there's like the one bit where like they're sitting around chatting away, um which could yeah. be like any time in a 15-minute window in this movie. Um where he's like, mm-hmm. well, "What do you do for eleven? Let me guess. <laughs> Flagpole Sitter, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Did you say Flagpole Sitter?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" Because like, cause like mm-hmm. I remember, there's like this that song, like by Harvey Danger, Flagpole Sita Do you remember that song? Mm-hmm. If you if no. you if you heard it, you would be like, "Oh, that fucking song!" Because they played. The okay, sh- it was a big song in the late '90s that like has gone away. Um, I think he was really using the the trailer for The Faculty, I think. Anyway, so I was like, flagpole sitter. I'm like, is not that like a weird like he's gay thing? Like I don't know what that meant. But I was like, no, it's just a guy who sits on flagpoles. I guess that was uh, what people did in 1932. Um, Who knew? Who knew? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So, okay, my thing with this movie that I was thinking about, watching it this mm-hmm. time was would have audiences in 1932 been fooled by the going ons here? Like, would have they been like? Oh, what is the most dangerous game? Like, what is that? Like, what's this yeah. game? What's this all about? What's going on here? Trophy room. Why won't, why, why won't they let people go into the trophy room? I, 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 and then, Oh, so that's his most dangerous game. <laughs> like I like like, one, I was like, I don't know. Uh, or is it like, so telegraphed that, like, okay, seriously, he's gonna hunt you, like, <laughs> he's gonna kill you. Like, you get, get out of there, mm-hmm. run quick. So, sc- mm-hmm. scoop. So, uh, then there's the trophy room scene, which I think Yum. is like played underplayed, which is good because I assume that, like, this movie is like a hammer horror movie from like 30 years later, it would be super over the top and look kind of tacky. Whereas in mm-hmm. this, it's, like, it's obviously, like, fake heads and stuff, but it's kind of creepy and weird the way that it really yep. should be. That it's, like, oh, this guy, like, has, like, taxidermied human heads after he's caught them. Um, which I guess he's okay with after kind of the uh, end of this movie where uh, Bob happens to just fall off the waterfall to his death. And he's kind mm-hmm. of like, ah, I got him just in time. And he's not like, he go fetch his body so he can mount his head on my wall. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, this movie, um, I don't know. Uh, The other nice scene I liked is after, I guess, there's, like, the big chase scene. I don't really have much to say about the whole chase scene, even though it's, like, it's, it's a huge chunk of the movie. Like, it is a lot. And it's not bad, but it's repetitive. Uh, it doesn't really, there's no like great big moments in it other than like those near spots where it's like, oh, we're going to catch him with this giant log. when he walks by and he sees through it and then when they're kind of trapped behind some trees and he shoots an arrow saying, just come out, just come out, get it over with. Let's just wrap this Mm -hmm. all up. Um, but then after he thinks he's killed him at the waterfall, he takes like his, like the after sex cigarette (laughs) <laughs> and he just, because he's like and he's like faces like I mean it's always like sort of, there's like the sexual aspect of like penetrating a man with an arrow and yeah all this talk about sitting on flagpoles <laughs> um, so I thought like Damn. that was like uh, I thought that was like a, I thought that that's a very memorable shot of uh, of all a car sucking in that sweet sweet nicotine mm-hmm. um, so yeah very I mean nasty yeah uh, what's got here Oh yeah, fuck. So the whole like end sequence of this movie with like the when when uh Bob comes back, yep. Um, mm-hmm. Or is it Joel? I can't remember now.
1: It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Well, whenever well, well, the guy. Well, yeah, comes no. Back.
0: J- sorry, Joel McRae. Uh, Bob. Mm-hmm. So he shows back up as we all know he is going to because mm-hmm. this like everyone's ripped this plot beat off a million times. Um, he's like he just starts trashing people. And like, there's like some, at first I was like, oh, it's like 1930s, like style battling guys, just taking huge swings at one another and like jumping back and rolling around. But then, uh, he gets like one of the goons in like a crucifix, like he's got his like arms pinned back in a (laughs) double pin. And he's like, holy shit, he can just start feeding it to the dude. But then he like transitions into a, like this like backbreaker. Or he's got him over his knee, and then he just like mm-hmm. I guess he like breaks his neck, or he's like, trying to break his neck, but he wants the guy catches an arrow, so we never find out if really he was able, he was actually going to be able to break his neck. But I was kind of like, wow, that's like some pretty good uh, fight choreography for mm-hmm. this period of time. Which like if you watch like I don't know a lot of westerns and stuff, they're like it's just guys slugging each other wildly. There's not a lot of uh, technique. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. 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 And then the movie's got kind of this like sad note of like oh so you know the guy and the gal they they get away Well, uh count he he's he's done for he tries to get off one more spiteful arrow but fails and then he falls into the dog pit and yeah. uh is eaten by the dogs but then i'm like oh everyone on the island's dead and those dogs are locked in that pen who, who, oh. who who's going to those poor dogs they 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 don't know any better they get yeah. one. They, they're gonna get one last meal,
1: and uh, I, kinda, I, I didn't. I didn't piece that together. Uh-oh. Let's let's assume that the all good castles have secret passageways, right? Right. So let's assume the dogs found one. Mm. Fair enough. But uh, that's what that's the way I'm gonna interpret it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh. Anything else you have to say about this movie?
1: Not really. I mean. It's uh it's essential viewing for people but uh I like I had assumed I saw you rewatched it I thought I'd assumed it was in high school as well no. because I thought that was just pretty standard fare No I'm, guess I guess not I was really
0: pretty unfamiliar with this movie until like a few years ago looking up pre-code stuff and it popped up a lot um, and then actually um, I think it gets name checked in uh, the movie Zodiac David Fincher's Zodiac mm-hmm. because it's uh, one of the it's the one of our prime suspect guy Arthur Lee or whatever it's like his favorite movie mm-hmm. and uh, he like watched it all the time and uh, I guess that's like that yeah. would have been like probably the first time I ever encountered it but I was just like oh it's just some like old movie and uh, that would have been the end of my interest and then I guess kept hearing it pop up and liking those movies and then would Doing this podcast mm-hmm. to the chagrin of film snobs everywhere. Uh yep. checked it out and it's like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's good. That's that's mm-hmm. about it. But uh hey, if you had went to Catholic school, you would have been, <laughs> been ahead of the curve like me. And be. then anytime anyone would have made a most dangerous game comment, you would have been like, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I know what he's talking about.
0: That's right. And uh yeah, I mean that sounds like that's like one of
1: the big things in Catholicism is the hunting of fellow man. It it honestly it is the biggest. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how how much that how important that is. First thing out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, RJ,
0: who, who hates else? who hates this movie? Oh. Mm-hmm. It's that time again.
1: <laughs> I feel like they'd just be picking on it.
0: Yeah, they're meanies. Uh, so, yeah. this fella by the name of Robotic, I'm going to make this text a little bigger here. Yes, Robotic <laughs> gave this movie one and a half star a mere uh, few months ago in January. C- classic, but not very interesting. I find the ending of the short story better because it echoes the beginning and asks questions about Rainford's possible evolution. yeah um, <laughs> you what? Have, have, what? Still a simple and silly movie with a sadic story? Hmm? Uh sadic? That's a new one. What that the has fuck is been this guy talking about? Still a simple and silly movie with a sadic story that has been declined in many ways, including Battle Royal.
1: One of my fave smiley face. <laughs> um I'm gonna I, I really hope this guy is not a like his first language isn't English because if it is, man, he didn't go to Catholic school because <laughs> he didn't he didn't get that proper education. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh my flavors gave this one and a half stars. Ugh. An interesting concept is destroyed by ridiculous acting and an equally ridiculous chain of events. No time for character <sighs> development, suspense, plot, anything really. It failed in all the qualities I assume it was aiming for total waste of time
1: that's not totally true i thought the acting in this story was fine
0: it's of the era i, mean, I don't know but again yeah. like, we've had this conversation many times about just like people's like modern expectations of movies from 1932 hey, i'll put it this way it's better
1: acted than the void uh, yeah <laughs> like like you know
0: come on carl denham joel McCrae. Yeah.
1: Like I mean they're they're just getting going off of the material they have it's of the time. Yeah. But it's better acted than that and I as we said it's like I don't know how audiences would have responded but I bet there were some people who were like genuinely shocked by this shit. They were just like, "Well, oh, fuck. I didn't see that coming." Right. So I don't know.
0: people, I don't know. So Trevor Collins, Illmatic Film Addict, he gave Ooh, this shit one and a half stars. And intra oh, uh, check this. You're producing Ooh. what promises to be the biggest film of the year, if not all time. King, Motherfucking com. You put a uh-huh. lot of money into the sets your highly paid stars and moderately paid production team. How can you milk a few extra bucks out of your investment? What if you held some of the cast and crew back after daily production shut down and quietly shot an adaptation of the most dangerous game on the same sound stages at night to be released at around the same time as your other grander picture for next to no additional greenbacks? Nothing but profit, right? Does that sound like a promising recipe for cinematic success? Congratulations. You're a clever 1930s Hollywood executive who's about to make a tidy profit off a lazily slapped together adventure film. Boom.
1: Is that true? Did they do it the, like at the same time or did they just reuse the sets later? I don't know. <sighs>
0: I I don't know. It mm. does, regardless, it doesn't matter. It's like fuck. They did. The, the, remember the Dracula Spanish version. Spanish yeah, Dracula. Dracula. Okay, okay, did, okay. That was like a thing. You just you did that.
1: You just did that.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Did you uh, recognize uh, Count Z- uh, Zaroff uh, from him in being in Henry the RJ? No. Who is he in Henry the <laughs> No idea. Oh well. Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I hardly care.
0: He's exactly. <laughs> I just I just looked that up. I'm like, oh, Leslie Banks. Look at that. Yeah. I don't even know who he would be. I could find R- out.
1: Rapper Avoid Banks from D12. Mm. He was the
0: he was in the chorus. He was the chorus. So he's the guy like talking, introducing things.
1: Uh, in the that play. Uh, That's I his was gimmick. so asleep throughout that entire fucking movie. I I uh, couldn't even I couldn't even pull fucking uh. What's his face? Laurence Olivier. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you who he was in that fucking movie. <laughs> was he in that movie? I don't even remember. I him. don't know.
0: Well, we're actually, we will see him again. Because uh, he's also in The Man Who Knew Too Much, starring Peter Lorre, directed by Alfred Hitchcock.
1: Mm. Mm. No, yeah, actually, no, that'll be fine.
0: Yeah. That'll Peer, be fine. Yeah, we get that lovable mug, the old child yeah. killer himself, Peter Lorre.
1: <sighs> oh. <laughs> That's how he talks, right? Pretty much. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So nice. I don't know. You can't hate this movie. It's just, no. okay. it's just, I mean, there's like better movies from that era that you could watch instead. Um, certainly. So, I mean, watch Tarzan. Tarzan's good.
1: Yeah. Or uh doctor alien or doctor alien. Also good. <laughs>
0: also good. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's all we have to say about this particular film. Mm-hmm. After the break, uh I will tell RJ to smile, and then RJ will not understand what I'm saying. I will command him to smile, and then he'll smile back at me.
1: Sounds like fucking sexual harassment. I don't know what you're getting at.
2: Time to play the game. <laughs> all about the game, and how you play it, all about control, and if you can take it, all about your debt, and if you can pay it, it's all about pain, and who's gonna make it? I am the game, you don't wanna play me, I am control, the way you can shake me, I am heavy debt, the way you can pay me.
0: So, RJ, when you were learning about the most dangerous game in Catholic school, um, mm-hmm. who was your first victim on your first manhunt?
1: On mine?
3: mm mm-hmm.
1: uh, Do you know the guy who uh, missed that first base catch for the Boston Red Sox in the 80s? Yep. Bill Buckner? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't him. It was his cousin, Fred. Yeah. You, you made but he, him... was a real, he was a real piece of shit. He you, deserved it. You, you made him pay. Yeah, I got you, baby. Mm-hmm. If you
0: want to hear more about sports talk and obscure <laughs> trivia references and about hunting mm. your fellow man, uh, you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com. We are lonely here. Um, there's the Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the letterbox. We've been a little bit more active. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Jared Duncan. and He's Loaf over there. SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes please rate Battle Back the Night um, review, yeah. rate stuff, things.
1: It, if you actually like the show, do an iTunes review mm. so we don't have this glaring fucking spot from this dude who doesn't understand. His black eye. Just or if you if you agree, email us. Let us know. That's right. Let us know how many or if if it's not enough fart jokes, email to in and let you. us know. <laughs> I, I can make more. Just just <laughs> let me.
0: Next week, we're losing some sleep, RJ, as oh. we're venturing in the land of, um, I don't know, the midnight sun. Uh, we're watching spine number 47 in the Criterion Collection, Eric Schroedberg's Insomnia. <laughs> How's that pronunciation for you? From 1997. And this is the first movie, I think, in this creep that you own and I don't.
1: That's because I take the show seriously. That's right.
0: And you're um, unprofessional. Yeah, and you've seen this and I haven't. This is uh, a rare treat. Yeah, like this is uh, new territory.
1: Yes, this is.
0: Um, you are going to be watching that Christopher Nolan?
1: I am, actually. That's the plan. All right. Yeah. Spoiler. I like that Chris Nolan one.
0: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've
1: heard. Er, yeah. Uh
0: yeah. anyway, that's it folks. Uh stay safe out there. Don't go on to yachts and watch out for sharks. Um clever joke.